We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Honda Classic, finalized losing bets. DraftKings ownership, the weather, and of course, if you're watching this live, your questions in the chat. I will try to answer them as correctly as possible, which means just do the opposite of whatever I say, and you'll win like 100 grand or something like that. Not guaranteed, but people have shown that that is an effective method to win in cash on DraftKings week after week, at least in the golf space. It's even worse when it comes to football. You know, those are just 50-50 coin flips. You just take the other side and you're good to go. Either way, become a member of FantasyNational.com right now. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo will get you 20% off. We got Match Play and Masters and Heritage and Houston. No, not Houston. Valero coming up very soon. So a ton of cash to be had. And frankly, if you're just making bets every single week, it's something that you're going to want to dig into. I ran a sneaky-ish model. I, I really should be running mixed condition models. And I always forget to do it every single week. But either way, um, this is what we're looking at for the moment. So fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself that discount. Cheat Sheet is up on dkplaybook.com for DraftKings, as is my article. I will release the finalized betting card on Twitter and Facebook at the PME on both, uh, probably just after this show has concluded because I just saw someone withdrew who I had a first-round leader bet on. So am I going to take the place of that person or am I just going to let it go? Because it's not a super heavily invested week for me to tell you the God's honest truth. Um, you know, I only have one guy from the top of the board. I think this is one that you might want to live bet because when we get to the weather, it's going to be a bit tricky. If you're watching this after the fact, by the way, and you're not obviously in the live chat where I can answer your questions, dump any question you have golf-related that's not fucking stupid or something in the comment section after the fact and around 8 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday night, I'll jump back in and answer all of those questions too. So, you never have to feel like uh, you've missed out on anything. You dump it in on, like, Thursday morning, not going to answer it because, you know, the tournament has started already. But I digress. Uh, last thing, Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League link in the description of this video and podcast. We rented it out to the DFS Open for charity this week. That's what we do for the Honda Classic every single year. People aren't joining. I don't know what the fucking deal is. Uh, it's 20 bucks to enter. It's five max entry. There's only 2,000 spots in the tournament. There's like 500 left. So please, they're not going to keep this up. DraftKings is donating half the pot to the first tee, uh, a local charity for Palm Beach Gardens. Plus, they're donating another $10,000 on top of it. And to be perfectly honest with you, if they don't fill it, they're probably never going to do this again. So I got my, I got three entries in right now. I was, you know, hoping that it would be so popular that I didn't want to take everyone's spots from them. But I'll go max it out. If you're in it, you go max it out. If you haven't played in it yet, come on. Show a little heart. Join. 
the DFS Open, and Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. Usually, this thing is filled by, like, Monday afternoon. And, yeah, it's 50% rake. I get that, but it's going to charity. DraftKings actually isn't making any money on it. They, you know, they're out their 20K from the actual prize pool, plus an extra 10K to it. So whatever you can put in the pot, that would be greatly appreciated. And it's not like there's not a top first prize. You win 2K for winning. I think it's 1000 bucks for second, and half the money goes to charity. So please, go join that right now help support the guys that run the dfs open ryan baroff who you saw on yesterday's show and big bad joe very good golfer by the way um and just go support those guys all right let's get into it enough of the shaming going on here but you know do it okay picks for the honda classic yeah if you've been with me all week you kind of know where i'm leaning right now joaquin neiman 22 to 1 for me. He's down to like 12 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. He's 18 to 1 at most other places. I'd still take the 18 at this point. The big thing right now is this Daniel Berger situation where he's dealing with a rib injury. He withdrew from the Pro Am on Wednesday to kind of save himself. I doubt we see a situation where Berger withdraws after two holes kind of thing. I think he's either going to withdraw before the event, but if things start running poorly for Daniel Berger uh, throughout the course of the first round, or he has like a 78 in the first round or something like that, then all of a sudden he might pack it in. So I'm just going to, I mean, it's an interesting spot as it pertains to DraftKings solely because I think a lot of people are going to be backing off of Daniel Berger now because they're terrified of what's going to happen. And this comes from someone who had Kevin Na in their like cash game lineup or their main single entry lineup last week. You know, it sucks when that happens. You want to try to avoid those situations, obviously. But in giant GPPs, I'm um, just looking at the updated ownerships right now. I'll get through it, but I just want to hit on Berger first. He was projecting out like upwards of 30% at some points. Now, it's still down a bit uh, just because a lot of these lineups have already been generated. So once I check back in on fantasynational.com later on Wednesday, maybe it drops a little bit. But I can see some people backing off. Maybe everything is fine and it gives you a decent leverage point, or maybe that's someone you want to fade because of injury. That all depends on your risk tolerance. At least you know about this going in. So if he does withdraw after five holes, you're like, you know about this one, all right? You had to pick your poison. How much risk aversion did you want to take? Because if it comes down to the spot where no one's going to play him he's probably a play and then you have to live with the fact that he might withdraw uh, but on the overall scope of things i wasn't playing him anyway because i was fading sungjae and fading burger and playing neiman uh, that's how i was going to differentiate all of my teams but i can see the sense of playing him if everyone has backed off of him back to the bets neiman 22 to 1 kh lee 70 to 1 with the top five luke list 70 to 1 with the top five richie warinsky 90 to 1 with the top five the two bomb shes revy 100 to 1 Seb Straka, 140 to 1 with the top five each way. Over on Yoho, over in the, for the magical Kenya Open, I'm taking my guy Guido, the defending champ, at 33 to 1. Then I put them together. Guido plus Neiman, both the win, 781 to 1. I like that. I also played that with the double top five. So if they both finish inside the top five, you know, it's not 781 to one, but it's still a pretty nice payday uh, coming through for a very low cost bet. Those are always fun on uh, some weeks with Euro, especially when I'm not playing really the top of the board all that much for the Honda. Top 20s, Garnett, Bryce Garnett, who I took in a head-to-head over Ricky versus Jeff, seven to one for a top 20. Kelly Kraft, a really good wind player. Uh, not a great player overall, but putts better on Bermuda, has had a lot of success in the wind in the past, uh, 12 to one for the top 20 first round leaders all with the top five harry higgs seb straka cam percy uh, 90 90 100 tom lewis is 100 bronson burgoon is 110 to 1 kramer hickok i originally had but he has just withdrawn from this tournament so he is no longer playing so i'll get my money back for that one sam Ryder, 150 to 1 and kelly craft 200 to 1 i went with neiman in the one and done jeff went with sung jay and cust went with daniel how's your burger so if he does withdraw sometime tonight check out Cust's twitter feed to see who he'll curse next he originally wanted to pick sung jay remember but he'd already used sung jay so he had to go on to Burger, and now Burger might withdraw. So I'm feeling pretty good with Neiman. I'm not going to lie to you on this one. Weather for the week, it is looking like a disaster. So when the guys get on the course on Thursday morning, and this is, again, <clears throat> I'm using the, what's this one called on Windfinder? Nope, I loaded up the wrong one. I loaded up the Sawgrass one. All right, it's still pretty horrible. It's even worse in Jacksonville. Uh, Juno Beach is the one that I'm using for the Honda Classic on Windfinder if you want to go search that. Uh, Thursday, the gusts are going to be basically 20 to 25 miles per hour throughout the course throughout the course of the entire time everyone is on there. Sustained winds 
worse later on in the afternoon. So maybe there's an advantage to the morning, but the gusts are all going to be basically the same. And that's really what throws a lot of the players off Friday. Uh, it's going to be a, basically a sustained 10 to 15 mile per hour wind with gusts up to 17 ish throughout the course of the day. And that's pretty flat across the board Saturday, uh, a bit less wind. And then on here's the tricky part on Sunday is that there's like 14 to 20 mile per hour wind all day and gusts, you know, not really going up much higher than that. But around four o'clock, it looks like it's like ticking upwards. Now this is like four days out from the tournament. So you might want to check back again and again and again every day because maybe all of a sudden the wind that's on Thursday gets pushed into Friday. We see it happen all the time. But it looks like there's massive wind lingering just off of Sunday that if that moves up a little bit, Sunday just can be an absolute train wreck. So I mentioned that I had ran this model a little bit earlier I'm going to try to bring this one up. Yeah, okay, so what I did was, because I have a feeling this course is going to play hard because it plays hard anyway. It does seem like there's going to be a lot of wind, a lot less wind than when I looked yesterday. So T to green, by and large, is going to be super key here. And I have identified over the years, just going back and looking at the numbers, that guys with longer driving distance have a better time at PGA National, not exclusively, than guys that are just good fairway hitters like accuracy players the brendan todds of the world type of thing that extra distance does especially in the wind too where you can club down hit the ball lower still get the same distance as someone who has to hit a driver and then you still have a shorter iron into everything then you can kind of pick and choose how you want to navigate into that win i think that you know if we're thinking through it logically that's how it would make a lot of sense so strokes gained approach is always the one that leaps off so there's just a four stat model there's to throw out there and to see who does well in it. So strokes gained approach is weighted at 40%. Driving distance is weighted at 20%. Fairways gained is weighted at 10%. That's driving accuracy. And I weighted strokes gained around the green at 30%. You see greens and regulation percentage at this course much lower than at other courses. Guys are going to have to get it up and down. You don't, you rarely see bad short game players do really well at PGA National, especially in years where the wind can be up and it plays more difficult than normal. That's, I mean, I was, I might end up throwing another bet onto the list, but like I said, I want to leave some money open for in round, but where is Norin was the one I was looking at. Just a very good short game, uh, 75 to one in the betting market, had win at 75 to one, and Matt Wallace were like kind of the three that I had it down to. Matt Wallace is 60 to one. I know that Feinberg played Matt Wallace. I might jump on that too again. Just consult the cheat sheet after to see what the final final. I, I bet all the ones I already have on the sheet now. So if I run that model that I was telling you about over the past 50 rounds, Keegan Bradley actually rates out number one, and that's someone who's not good around the greens. He's just good everywhere else. It's Bradley, Werner, Neiman, Sung Yul No, and Russell Henley, Shane Lowry, Doug Gim, Daniel Berger, James. <laughs> and Cameron Tringali. But that's for the past 50 rounds. Let's just shorten that to fuck, 12 rounds and see what it spits out. Uh, just give us like very recent form when it comes down to it. Cause I think that, you know, you can always throw in your par four distances, your par three distances, but I think this is really boiling it down to the three or four things that we really need to look at this week as it pertains to all of this. So if I, Sung Jay ranks over the past 12 rounds, Sung Jay ranks 128th in this field. That's not good. Keegan, Gooch, Westwood, Berger, Streelman, Sung Yilno, Doug Gim, Jim Furyk, Matthew Neesmith, and Cameron Tringali, and Chris Kirk, and John. Uh? Chris Kirk and Cameron Tringali just continue to pop up. I might have to throw one of these guys into my player pool. What is it with Sung Yul No? Let's see. Miscut at the Pro-Am, miscut at the Farmers, miscut at the Amex, miscut at the Workday. Good God. I don't know where all these great numbers are coming from, but you know, apparently he's just missing cuts, yet still statistically playing well with the one or two thing. I guess driving distance-wise, he's pretty good. Anyway, that's just something I wanted to share that I was looking at this morning. You can always just set the Nicholas filter on a lot of this stuff as well on Fantasy National to see what's going on. Ownership for the week um, on DraftKings. The top guys in the field, Neiman, Berger, Lowry, Steele, and Sung J.M. along with Russell Henley appear to be your six highest owned guys. You're not really getting a break at anyone near the top. Initially, it had looked like Adam Scott and Lee Westwood would be around that like eight, nine, ten percent But even they have been ballooning up. I think it's people backing off of Berger a little bit or concerns about Sung J. I can see still one of those guys falling by the wayside only because Neiman is going to be incredibly popular. We know this. Russell Henley is going to be incredibly popular. We know this. And Adam Scott is right in between them, which would lead me to believe that Scott is the one who gets squeezed out a little bit. 
And then with Westwood, if you can get to Westwood, you could probably get to Sungjae for $400 more. I think that more people are just comfortable with that. Uh, I actually do like Westwood and Scott as the pair with Neiman if you want to construct your lineups that way, uh, only because I do think that they will be the ones coming in with the lesser ownership, makes you a bit more unique. And I think, as I described with Ryan on yesterday's show, on the DraftKings show, that you know, 6,000 to 9,000, like, there's not that huge of a difference between a lot of these guys. Uh, they're usually guys that are 6,700 that are priced up to 88 this week is what we're looking at in terms of DraftKings pricing because this field is so weak. Um, one thing no one is doing, and I, I'm not, but I can see how this could be a week for it, is a balance build. Usually, like, balance build, all the rage. Uh, and you can even kind of get away with it if you just use Neiman or you start your team with Henley or Lowry, that kind of thing, and just try to take, like, four guys between or six guys between like 77 and 95 and make your teams that way i just think that very few people are going to do that and where there's a lot of highly owned players in that range because it's like ten thousand dollar guy one nine thousand dollar guy one eight thousand dollar guy and then the rest that if you just smush them all together uh and you can get lucky with your six guys and you know you think that they're a cut above talent wise than the others then all of a sudden that you're looking a little bit better in the circumstance as it pertains to ownership so essentially after keegan bradley at 84 ownership drops off a cliff. Everyone's in the single digits till you get to Streelman. He is going to be one of the higher-owned 7K guys. Uh, and then of the rest of the 7K guys, uh, no one currently projects in double digits. You have like Han and Moore and Neesmith and KH Lee. They're going to be right around 10%, I think. Uh, but then going into the sixes, Jim Furyk going to be super highly owned. Percy super highly owned. Uh, it's like 15% for Furyk, 10% for Cam Percy. And other than that, it's kind of it. uh bo hogg seems like he's generating uh, a lot of goodwill here scott stallings for some reason john uh tom hoagie uh but nothing to throw you off them because they're like two own furic only seems to be the one that is getting pressed in this range for DraftKings ownership all right so that's all i got for my little spiel off the top let's get to your questions brady says everybody smash the like button Brady couldn't be more right about that. Also, if you're watching right now and you're not subscribed to Mayo Media Network, first of all, subscribe, but then give your fucking head a shake, pal. Come on, what are you doing? We're giving him this way for free. We just use the sub. Come on, all right? Percy Furick or Wes Bryan this week? I like Cameron Percy because I have some sort of weird addiction to playing Cameron Percy because I look at his ball striking numbers and they're always really good. And then he finds ways to miss cuts. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then I didn't use him at the players and he was actually good. Fucking Cam Percy. Could you please let us know who will be the highest-owned guy in the mid-sevens? I just went through that. What would Feinberg's odds to win outright if he ever played on PGA Tour? The fuck kind of question is that? That's a question that gets you banned for life because you're wasting my fucking time. Give your head a shake. Any news on Daniel Berger's rib injury? I want to use him as my one and done, but now I'm a little worried. Like I said, uh, as of right now, he's playing, but he skipped the pro-am, uh, withdrew from that, so there's a risk involved with him. Interesting week to use him in the one and done, because I don't know how people are going to judge this if they are truly scared off, especially in a one and done format, that you might be able to get Daniel Berger for a whole lot lower owned in the one and done than maybe you thought. I will not be using him because he's Andercursed. He is Tim's one and done pick. But I can see some sense behind doing that. Favorite play at $7,000 or lower. I like Straka a lot, actually. Let me see. What's that? You've been, you've been touting Chez all week. Yeah, Chez is, is 7K flat, isn't Chez it? Chez is 7. Yeah. I think they want below that, 7K or lower. Okay, then Chez would be number one for me. At $7,000, I got, let's see, I have Bryce Garnett and Ryder, both good win players. Chase Seifert is another one. That's a guy I'll add to the first round leader list. Chase Seifert. Remind me to do that, Paul. Uh, he's $6,200, plays Nicholas courses really well, has played in the wind really well in the past, and he's $6,200. Uh, then, like, Percy. But I don't know how many of those guys I'm actually going to end up mixing in. I'm going to try to end my teams with Reavy as much as I can. But maybe I'll dip down just a little bit and see where we're at. Why do some people consider Bryson's putting technique something that could get banned? New to golf. Seems okay to me. I, I haven't heard anything about this. When you're digging into that kind of stuff, it's usually old crotchety golf writer guy who's like desperate for people to read their stuff. Uh, and they're just complaining about nonsense. We see it all the time. Have you heard anything about it, Paul? No. Sounds like old man yells at putting stance. Also, people just hate Bryson. So whatever they can do to... I mean, if Adam Scott's able to do the long putter gimmick, 
at this point. I can't imagine Bryson just for the way he holds his arms. How would that be? Well, and I guarantee you that, like, no one is more in tune with the rules of golf than Bryson is. That's how he's able to exploit them so easily that I guarantee you he's doing nothing wrong. Like, he's probably measured it out and it's like, no, it's actually one millimeter below where I'm allowed to hold the club. And I do it every time because Bryson would be the kind of guy who would do that. Where do you get your info on how many six of six lineups were in the Millionaire Maker? Just follow at CutSweats on Twitter. Nelson Adcock's bot site, which just runs all the CVSs from everything and then updates it with the cut line. He does it for Euro and he does it for the PGA Tour. So that's easy to do. Lowry or Tringali? I will go with Tringali. Smash the like button. Fantasy National always seems to love Cam Davis. Is he a play this week or a fade this week? The simulator always really likes him. <clears throat> I'm not sure why. I don't run the simulator. Mike made it. And it has something to do with recent rolling form on length of holes at this course. Cam Davis does play par fours from 400 to 5, 450 yards really well. And there are six of those on the course this week. That's why I'm guessing that he's doing it. And the last two weeks aren't really going to throw him off when he's played poorly. Before that, he's playing great. Uh, I would go with, I'd go with a fade this week on Cam Davis. Although he was Andrew Kirst last week. People usually rebound from that spot. Will you explain how to construct the bottom of your DK lineup? My last man in sometimes will be in 25% of my lineups. I'll add guys to that price point to even out the ownership. Is that the play? I mean, there's no real way to do this. Pick the guys that are going to make the cut and do well. (laughs) I know that's really rudimentary and stupid, but there is no one way to do it. Each tournament is different. Each player pool is different. That it's a really week-to-week kind of thing, and you're going to be wrong a lot of the time. I do like to disperse. My bottom end, like uh, Rick, uh, if you go over to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel, he has a really good system of trying, almost like building a pyramid uh, of how to build these guys where you want to consolidate. I mean, you want to use as few players as possible as a rule of thumb, but you consolidate up top, the next tier down, you know, slightly more people, the next tier down, slightly more people. And if you are going to use players from like, 6,200 to 7,200, just widen the base on those and go, if you want to use four at 25%, Sure. Uh, maybe you want to use five at 20 percent. Maybe you want to keep going lower than that and use like eight at 10 or you can use 10 at 10 percent. I suppose you could use eight at like 12 percent, something like that. And it depends on how many lineups that you're trying to make and how risky that you want to get. There is no one steadfast rule to any of this. But by and large, the players at the bottom are more volatile, although I'd wager in a field like this at a course like this. It might not be the case. Might be a week to play it to miss the cut parlay if you really want to go through with that. But that's where I'm at. Thoughts on Ricky Fowler? Well, I bet him straight up even money um, against him with Bryce Garnett. So that should tell you all you need to know about Ricky Fowler. In my betting group, we post a pair of golfers and people pick a pair to go against in best score combo. Trick is to pick winners and get action versus you. Who would you pair with Neiman? Lean Kirk, Gooch, or Steele? I like Steele the best of those three guys. But I think that it would be Steele, then Kirk, then Gooch. What's the closest comp course to PGA National in terms of people who have had success at both? Uh, it would be Wiley for the Sony Open. And this field is actually somehow weaker than what the Sony Open was. I wrote about it in my column this week, actually. You can go check that out on DraftKingsPlaybook.com or just like hit up my Twitter feed. Or the Facebook feed is actually the best place if you want to find the content because I, I don't even run it. It's just my content gets posted up there in chronological order. So if you ever need to find something from the week and my Twitter feed is just a cesspool of like, Click on this. Click on this. Just go to the Facebook feed. It's super easy to find. Um, but yeah, Wiley, then to a lesser extent, Harbortown, Colonial, and Sedgefield for the Wyndham. Just all shorter Bermuda tracks, although Colonial is not Bermuda. It's just a shorter track where guys have played well. Ryan was pointing out that TPC Southwind and Valspar, two harder courses to a bit longer courses, uh, just can also kind of play, play itself out as well. Liking Norrin this week? I am, actually. Should we all be done with Lashley? I don't think so. He made the cut last week at the players. It's pretty good for him. I'm not on him this week, but you know, I don't hate him. One and done, trying to make up some ground on the field. Want to avoid taking someone who will be heavily owned. Already used him and Berger. Don't want to take Neiman or Lowry. Who would be the pick? Steele? Scott? Or Westwood would probably be my three just off the top of my head that won't be super popular this week and still give you guys with, you know, quote-unquote reasonable win equity when it comes down to it because they all are up in the pricing and the odds on dk westwood is one of the cheaper bets to make the cut despite minus 200 despite being one of the favorites is this good too good to be true 
I don't know. I guess they're. I guess when they look at there can be a difference. It's like something like Siwoo Kim, where Siwoo Kim's odds to win a tournament like, will have no reflection on his odds to make the cut because he misses a ton of cuts. And Westwood had a big history of missing cuts before his like recent surge. Uh, so he had played some inconsistent golf. So maybe it's just saying that you know he's an old man, can't take his stuff. He's too old. But he's just been in the thick of things the last two weeks in Florida. Uh, he's getting up there in age that maybe if he's out of it, that he's just like, ah, fuck it. He's just at the point now where he's like, if I'm not contending, I want to go home. Pulls a Justin Rose or a Kevin Na from the past few weeks and gets out of there and maybe doesn't necessarily withdraw, but doesn't put the, the Tyrrell Hatton type effort to come out and try to end up making the cut. So maybe that's the reason. I actually have no explanation to why. I don't think it's a too good to be true bet, though, for a minus 200 to make the cut at a tournament where top-end players miss the cut all the time. And he left for Werner this week. Unsure how he is in the wind. He's actually quite good in the wind. But 80-1 to 1 feels tempting. I just can't... I stopped betting Werner to win tournaments ages ago, and I've yet to regret it. So, you know, I like Harold Werner. I, I hope he can win sometime soon. He got his win, actually, in a really windy condition in Australia for the Australian PGA answer actually did the same thing as well. And just never translated back over to the United States. But I wouldn't fear him because of the wind. I'd fear him because he's Harold Burner. And anytime that he gets on the first page of the leaderboard on Sunday, he puts the ball into the water. Yeah. He suffers from Scotty Scheffler syndrome, but 80 to one aren't terrible odds. Hey Pat, do you put any stock into a stat like double avoidance with all the water? I don't because double avoidance doesn't factor in water exclusive. Like if you can narrow it down to, let's say, TPC Twin Cities for the 3M, all these Florida courses, except for uh, Valspar, because Valspar doesn't have a ton of water compared to Honda or the players or even concession like we just saw. Just try to find uh, TPC Southwind would be the other one, too, because that one does have a ton of water. That's why it was a comp course. And then look at boat doubles avoided from those courses exclusively. I think that's one thing, because you're just going to, if you, listen, if you put your approach shot, into the drink you're probably going to make a double that's just straight up going to happen there's nothing you can really do about that and at courses where there's not a ton of water and you're looking at double bogey avoidance you don't have that threat of the penalty stroke coming through so i think that's a very misleading stat i think it can tell you certain things but trying to parse out the information you're actually looking for for this specific week i think is a lot trickier because it doesn't give you the proper context and you're looking at the right courses and it's just really hard to find information or maybe you miss one and that throws everything off so i don't love stats like that it's like i don't love stats like scrambling because scrambling doesn't give you any context to the courses that people are playing that's why we use fairways gained on fantasy national so basically what we do instead of just taking the driving accuracy stat is taking driving accuracy per round and waiting and giving them a weighting almost like strokes gained approach where you know you gained four strokes on the field i mean someone's going to be way down on the list you know what i mean like it evens itself out so zero would be about average or actually would be exactly average for that day so you don't get into a situation where oh what what courses have you played well i've only played kapalua so far this year and I hit 98% of fairways. I'm number one in driving accuracy. Well, that doesn't really tell me anything because those fairways are like three times the size of all other fairways. Where if you played something like the Sony Open the next week that has some of the smallest fairways on tour where the average driving accuracy is like 54% or something like that, it's just not going to give you true stats. So weighted weighting it called fairways gained does give you at least a sense of versus the field, how did you do? So you could hit 75% of fairways at Kapalua and still lose in terms of accuracy because everyone else hit more. I think that's a better judge of what we're looking at and trying to give some context to a lot of these stats that we're familiar with, we know, but can we use them in a way that actually helps us? Watching this live at the first time, usually listen at 2x speed. Ryan, I appreciate you downloading and listening, but honestly, I'd prefer you not even listen to my show if you listen to 2x speed. There, I have a big, big thing against this. Content creators create it in a certain way for you to consume it. I guess it's your own personal preference. It's out there in the world, but I couldn't imagine listening to anything at 2x speed. It would just really take the fun out of it for me. This feels like what I would be like. Yeah, it probably does sound like you're having a stroke with me talking. Anyway... Favorite play in the $73 to $7,500 range? Uh, KH Lee and Luke List are both $7,500. They're right there. I like them. And that's it. Those are the only guys I have started. I actually, I have Patton Kazire started, but I haven't decided on him yet. Uh, the one guy that I am playing, I wrote about for FTN Daily as a pivot play because very few people are using him. Harry Higgs, like sneaky good on approaches so far this season. And it seems like his putting has turned around since he's got to Florida. So Harry Higgs, let's go. 
the the PGA. You want to talk about maybe that's the answer to the guy's stupid question from earlier. What would Feinberg's odds be on the PGA Tour? Just whatever Harry Higgs odds are. They're the same guy, except Jeff is too cowardly to undo all three buttons on his shirt and just walk around chest out. How many lineups are you starting with Neiman? Who are you starting with if you're not using him? Uh, Westwood would probably be the guy I'd start with if I wasn't using him, or maybe Adam Scott in that sense, because I don't think I'm going to use anyone except for maybe Tringali in the nines. I'm just not going that heavy this week. I don't have a great feel for this tournament. I like Neiman. That's all I really know, and I like some of these sleepers, so that's the way that I'm just going to construct lineups. I might only play like 10 so far this week, and I might just go 100% Neiman and play some YOLO, and he'll finish like plus 20, and you know I'll have my weekend opened up. Pat, have you ever bought a single Paul Mall cig from someone sitting next to the Sky Dome? You think I would smoke a Paul Mall cigarette? Are you kidding me? Also, who is someone who's high in opportunities gained but low in birdie or better percentage to indicate regression? Let's find out right now. I can look that up for you. Let's go past 24 rounds. Let's give a short sample of this, and we'll go to scoring birdies or bogeys on fantasynational.com and bring up. So past 24 rounds, opportunities gained. Norlander is the biggest. He is Over the past 24 rounds, he is second in opportunities gained and 79th in birdies or better gained. Vaughn Taylor, who's third in opportunities gained, is actually right next to me. He's 96th in birdies or better gained. The next closest one would be Varner, 9th and 101st, and Furyk, 16th and 113th. So those would be the biggest outliers. And Russell Henley, 10th and 59th. Let's shrink that down to past, I don't know, let's say eight rounds. So like super current form. See if that spits us out anyone else who have just may recently be heating up with the Irons. I know a lot of that Norlander stuff is coming from a bit back, because I've been playing Norlander, and he's been a fucking tragedy over the past two events. Tyler Duncan, that's actually interesting. Someone who's played well at Wyndham and RSM in the past. I'm going to add Tyler Duncan to my list of names. He's only 6,400. Was running really well somewhere recently, and then had a terrible Sunday. So Duncan is third in opportunities gained over the past eight rounds, 99th in birdies or better gained. Brendan Steele, 6th in ops gained, 82nd in birdies or better gained. Shez Reedy, 8th in opportunities gained, 102nd in birdies or better gained. Tom Lewis, 12th in opportunities gained, and 93rd in birdies or better gained. And then the only other one would be Lebiota, 17 and 73, and Peter Malnati, 15th, and 83rd. Strangely, uh, Westwood and Matt Wallace both popping up really highly in opportunities gained, as is Adam Scott. Adam Scott is fifth in this field over the past eight rounds in opportunities gained, despite the fact that that's not really bearing itself out all that well uh, in terms of his overall proximity, which leads me to believe that he's either like horribly missing the green on approaches or sticking it like two feet to the pin. That's like the Adam Scott playbooks. Maybe this is a way to get back. I'm going to use Adam Scott on DraftKings. Is he a bet, though? Because I feel like no one is betting this guy. It's kind of crazy. I'm just looking at the outright win odds right now. Scott's down to 33-1. to 1. Henley's above him. Lowry's at 25. Westwood's at 22. Like Adam Scott's just a better player than these guys, isn't he? Maybe I'll end up betting Adam Scott. We'll see. Probably won't. Anyway, that's uh, the opportunities gains up. Any ownership projection on the Gim Reaper? Yeah, this will be the last, like, call-out for ownership projections. Other than that, you have to go become a member at FantasyNational.com to go figure this stuff out. He's on the lower end of the 8,000s. He's around, like, 11% ownership this week. Out of curiosity, what was the biggest bet you've ever made, and what were you betting on? Paul, I think you and I share the same answer to this. It's, it's actually a similar answer to everyone that I know. There was a book uh, that we had access to in Canada that I bet on it like four separate times. I bet it minus 330. I bet it minus 310, minus 300. And then very briefly, it, oh, it went down to minus 280. Do you know what I'm talking about, Paul? It was a Floyd Money Mayweather to beat Conor McGregor. That, that was is- the, the easiest uh, transfer of wealth from the, from the incels to the smart people. Of literally of all time. Yeah, I had, I had as much money as they would let me well, play, and the, I wasn't doing all that well at that point in time. I mean, the national anthem this year was the national anthem. I won. I, I put a lot on it this yeah, year. Yeah, you you had more than I did. I had around a grand on the national anthem this year and just smoked it by like seventeen seconds. I had close to like four grand on because they would only cap you at certain points 
as long as the odds stayed the same. That's why mm-hmm. every time that the odds moved, I bet it again because it reopened up your window to be able to bet. I think the max bet on it was like 800 bucks is what they were capping me at. So every time that it moved and I won a ton of money on Joe Biden live this year. Uh, during the election because he got up to like plus 550 and then it's just every time that the odds move you could kept bet you could keep betting it and then the book that i was using was also offering all of the live uh state by state props so like at one point pennsylvania was like six to one and i don't know i i feel like i had covered it enough to know that all these ballots coming in late were coming in for biden and the books just didn't they were either taking a ton of trump money or they just had not accounted for the fact that all these late ballots were going to swing towards Biden and just the odds were completely off. But that money Mayweather fight against Conor McGregor was legitimately free money. Um, and once in a, once in like a lifetime bet, really. And there was no person that I talked to who, and like I talked to a whole bunch of like, I remember I had Matt, that was, that was the first week I think that we started doing this show with DraftKings. It was in 2017 in September, I want to say, or October, when the fight got announced or when, like, the lines came out for it. And I had Mad Lab on the show. I was talking to Cody about it, and Cody's like, this is, like, stupid. And Mad Lab was like, the, the actual odds on this fight should be, like, minus 5,000. Like, it, it shouldn't even be, you shouldn't even be able to bet this fight. It's so one-sided. Um, so I was like, all right, sounds good enough to me. These are, like, the two people I trust when it comes to this stuff. All my money. Let's go on this. So that's what happened with the biggest bet I've made. It wasn't the most I won on a bet because obviously it was like minus 300, but as much as I could get down on it, I wanted to do. Is Lee Westwood at 25 to one good value? Eh. It's, it's no, it's not good value. It's, it's not bad value. It's fine. Pat, it seems like you can recall the final group of every tournament from the last four years. Is your memory that good with everything? Yeah. That's one of the reasons that I'm able to do this job. A lot of people... And not necessarily like podcasting-wise, because most people are just like reading off a screen the entire time, or when you hear people, like when I went through broadcasting school, Paul and I, actually, we met in broadcasting school. Garyan was there, Meany was there, Cody was there. So a lot of the crew that I met in college, we actually just kind of just made into our own network. But the big thing when we were there, it was training you how to be on TV. And a lot of it was, here's your script, read it out of the prompter that kind of thing. Like, no one ever memorizes a script. They just read it off the prompter. They tailor it to how they want. Other people usually write the scripts for you. That's what happens when you see it on TV. There is something to improvisation, but having a great memory at the same time can allow yourself to really do it. And I, like, I've had this, like, recall memory since I was a kid. My dad, very good recall memory, and somehow I inherited that from him. Very, like, quick like, my dad fucking rules at Jeopardy. And somehow, despite the fact that Tim is 80 times smarter than me, I can beat him at Jeopardy, which is great. He doesn't really quite know how to bet on the daily doubles, which is humorous to me. But either way, Tim will answer, like, 90% of the questions on Jeopardy correctly. Yet he'll still find a way to lose. Because he also has good quick recall. But uh, for things that I actually know, it just pops into my mind. Although I'm getting older, and I'm having kids, and it's starting to deteriorate already. And certain stuff that I used to remember, like, I used to be able to list... Up until a few years ago, now I can't remember it at all. Like the from the inception of the Intercontinental Title in the seventies, um, from like the then WWWF into like present day. When I say present day, I want to say like two thousand five when I stopped you know, paying attention to this stuff. I could list the day, the person, the match of every single title that switched hands in WWF history. Now I can't remember fucking any of them. So sometimes memory does get pushed out. At least with golf, I'm. I'm talking about this stuff every single week that it just, it stays fresh in my mind at all times. And if I've seen it on TV and I spent three hours watching it, I tend to remember what happened with it. But I do get the, the years and the dates mixed up a little bit. Is there a certain skill set for someone when you are live betting? I'm just looking who's ball striking really well and not making any putts. That, that's just as much as I want to put into it. Uh, if someone is, and it has to be like a huge outlier in terms of putts, like, because ball striking will always, like, if someone gains four strokes, on approach and loses four strokes putting i assume they're going to like putt better the next day because losing four strokes in a single round is ridiculous but at the same time they're probably not going to gain four strokes on approach again either that's also going to regress you need to bake that into it the the spot you want to be is like oh this guy gained like 2.1 strokes on approach or 1.7 on approach and lost four strokes putting generally they are going to be better the next day Ventura breakout week? No, I watched too much of that guy at the players because he was in the group with Matsuyama and Siwoo. I think that was the group, and then he was just randomly in. He was in the woods every fucking ah, he was the worst. Was round three Genesis this year windy as fuck? 
or just moderate? Not seeing how it was classified in Fantasy National. I believe it was moderate. No, it was. It was Windy AF. Absolutely. Um, you can do that by just choosing some... Oh, man, now I made my screen big. Who was in the field that week? Adam Scott was in the field that week, right? Let's sort by Windy AF. If you just click on the Windy AF filter um, and then click on the rounds next to the people, it should give you a sense. Oh, no, it's not being classified. I guess it was below 17 miles per hour uh, as a sustain throughout the course of the day. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, we just rip it off shot link, whatever they measure it from uh, for whatever the PGA Tour measured it as is the sustained wind throughout the course of the round. So I guess where they stopped the round and then it wasn't as windy when they came back, that would bump it back into the moderate type of one. Can John Rahm ever win a Masters? Absolutely. I don't see why you would think that he wouldn't. Matt Jones, third week in a row for the win. Uh, if it gets tricky out here, I, I do like Matt Jones and wind and... Like, crappy conditions. Like, you make it as tough as possible. You got, like, Sabatini, and you have Matt Jones, like, Alex Noren. Those are the type of guys. Uh, take away a recent play at this course. Do you go Westwood or Lowry? I'd probably go Westwood. Where do you stand on Hadwin versus Hughes? Simply an ownership pivot, or is there value on our fellow Canadians? I would probably go Hadwin this week because of the short game. I saw that Hubbard's wife is expecting. I want to play him nervous. What do you think of Reavy or Higgs? I'd like when you not watch any of the shows this week. Two guys I love. I texted Nathan. Nathan didn't text me back. He's too big texting with Taylor Swift to text back old Pat Mayo. He probably doesn't want to give away personal information of his brother either, but I'm just going to fade Hubbard because of it. Smash those likes, folks. Thank you, David. That would be great. Thank you, all of you out there. If you've smashed the like button, also subscribe to Mayo Media Network and become a member. FantasyNational.com right now. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo, by the way. Get you. 20% 20% off. You can also hit the swag store that's up there. And if you've just tuned in now, listeners league link in the description of this video right now, go play. It's a five max $20 buy-in this week. Half the money goes to charity. So please help out the first tee. Get your ass in this lineup. Don't be a fucking coward. All right. Uh, Pat, if you went 100% on anyone, who would that be? Neiman. I saw the Fantasy National Simulator that Austin Cook is projected to win 16 times, and I saw him at 250 to 1. Is that a play in your opinion? So the last time that Austin Cook rated out like this highly, I mean, he, was, he rated higher at that point, was the RSM that he actually won, and we cashed him at 80 to 1 that week. The simulator for a really long time loved Austin Cook. He went away, but he's sneaking back in. I assume that has something to do with his play at similar style courses. Because just his overall form isn't very good right now, considering he's missed five cuts in a row. Uh, but he was good at Sony. He was good at Amex. Those have similar style of holes. He was second at Shriners, 24th in Houston. I mean, I can't go there. Just the five missed cuts in a row is not great uh, at all. Like that's, that's not good. But, I mean, he did make the cut at Sony, which is nice. He's one RSM, which is another short coastal Bermuda course. I mean, I get it. I, I don't know why the simulator has him so highly, to tell you the truth. Has there been any new word on Burger, like in the past 10 minutes? I have not seen it. I'm sorry. What is Brandon Woo's ownership? Got to become a member at FantasyNational.com to go find that stuff out. Last one to give you is 7% right now. Does quality of field on a particular player on a particular week affect how big your player pool is? It depends. And it depends on the pricing to be perfectly honest. Uh, this week, I'm actually going to have a more condensed player pool because I know who I like at the top and I don't know who I... I know a few like the mid-range guys. So I'm just going to play them in all the lineups and then just sprinkle at the bottom. Love the content, Pat. Always tuning in. Thank you, Jay Smooth. List Johnson or Thompson as last man in. Look at your asking here. We're going with Luke List, all right? Was looking at the U.S. Open at Pebble, Woodland, Kepka, Scott, Rose, Rory, all finished top seven. Would that be a good comp course? I don't think so, no. It's... No. I don't think so. I'm trying to think of why it would be, because it's shorter, I guess. But you're also thinking like you have extremely long rough, and water is quote-unquote in play at Pebble, but it's like the ocean. There aren't just random bunkers and water traps just laying around the course. Uh, Wind-wise, potentially, but that's a USGA setup for the, for the U.S. Open. That's not going to be the case here this week. The optimizer I'm using seems extremely high on Henley. I'm unsure 
to use him that much. Uh, everything that I've run this week also loves Henley. I mean, Henley's won here before. He's won at the comm course. He's hitting his irons immaculately. He's just not making any putts. If he makes some putts, he should be in contention this week. Um, I don't know what to do with him either, but he's going to be very popular. Higgs or Killa Keith? Let's go, Higgs. Greetings from Ireland, Pat. Happy St. Patrick's Day. But, Paul, is that a th- you're Irish? Is that a thing that they celebrate in Ireland, or is that like a North American thing? I think they, yeah. Like, did it originate there, and then it's celebrated yeah. everywhere else? Or is this like something North America does no, to a, honor Ireland? I don't know. It's an Irish thing. All right, well, I'm glad you're able to tune in, not drunk out of your mind. It's when St. Patrick rid, uh, got rid of all the snakes in Ireland. Is that what it's actually about? Well, le- legend would, would have. I thought it was the guy, the Pied Piper. The it's guy, an excuse the guy, for the us. The guy with the flute. Just it, an excuse. It's to go, an we, excuse for us to get drunk. I used to love, I like to, like, where I went to college, uh, even a lot of the professors would just give us St. Patrick's Day off just yeah. to go get wasted. Well, this is, is like two St. Pa- like, it was this time, literally last year. last year, where everyone was like, are we going out for St. Patty's Day? We hear about the, you know, the COVIDs and all of that. Two straight St. Patty's that I'm not getting, like, just absolutely wrecked. It's... Tough, tough scene. It is a tough scene. I love St. Paddy's Day. It used to be a lot of fun. I'm too old for it now. Nah. It's, it's tough where if I go and get, like, plastered during the day, then I have to go home and, like, like put my it's kids It's better in. when it falls on, like, a Friday yeah. or a Saturday. Then you can, like, go out out. Or even a Sunday, because then you can, like, make an excuse for, like, drinking at, like, 9 o'clock in the morning and then get to bed <laughs> by, like, 8 p.m. Gim or Fratelli? I like Fratelli this week. What are your thoughts on Shane Lowry this weekend? Was James's question from Ireland. Uh, it's a hard pass on Lowry for me. He's just too popular. You can see that uh, in his draftings. Ownership, you can see that with the way that he's crumbled in the betting market, gone from like 35 to 25 to 22 in some spots. And like he played as well as he's going to play last week. And I get that you can make the narrative for him that in these sort of conditions, these should be ideal for Shane Lowry. And I actually agree with that. I, I don't think he's a bad play by any means. I think he's just too popular for my liking and looking at what he did last week he gained in all four strokes gained categories and that's not something that Shane Lowry does all that often and he didn't win he had a nice performance mind you but he didn't win and to think that he would have to string together two consecutive weeks at that high level of play fuck Westwood just did it so it's doable it's just I think it's a low percentage play and I would take my chances that someone else in his range beats him at the ownership that he's projecting to be right now any thoughts on Vaughn Taylor? I looked into Vaughn Taylor. He's just never really like played well at this course, which I thought was kind of weird. But I think of the 69K guys, statistically, he rates out one of the best. <clears throat> Neesmith keeps burning me the last couple of weeks. Should I stay away? You can do whatever you want. Uh, I'm not using Neesmith this week, but the stats do love him. And people are kind of turned off by him because he's burned people the last two weeks in Florida. But even at API, like his approach was fine. Uh, last week, he was a disaster at the players, but you don't expect him to play that well in you know, a super strong field like this. He missed the cut at the Sony, too, which I think is interesting. Yeah, I'll just go pass on Neesmith. Harry Higgs is a horrible win player, and he will miss the cut. Do we have a large sample of Harry Higgs in the win? No, I didn't think so either, but thanks. Yeah, he might miss the cut. He misses the cut half the time anyway. In fairness, Jeff, I don't know if he does so well in the wind either. Because whenever he's outside of the office door, he's he gets, always he gets real very cold. cold very, very quick. cold, very quickly. Yeah. Pat, where'd you get that crew neck? Can I have it? You can't have it. This one's mine. But I don't know if I should. I guess if you're if you're watching the show, you're one of the 270 people watching the show live right now. Smash the like and uh, sub. But I got a whole bunch of stuff, as you've seen uh, me wear it throughout the course of the. The past few months, uh, over Christmas time, I got a bunch of stuff. I got access to the master, the official master store, invite only. So they allowed me to come in and get some stuff. So I got this for myself. I got a few shirts for myself. I got a jacket, which is awesome. I was wearing it the other day when it was like kind of warm out. Jeff, I got a hoodie for Tim. I got some shirts for another friend. I got you know my father-in-law hat. But what I also did was get three or four items for you, the people out there. So in the upcoming weeks, I will be doing giveaways for official master's swag still in the box um so you might have a chance to win a sweater that looks exactly like this now obviously i can't get you a custom size i'll have to give you the size of the stuff that comes out so maybe we can if anyone has a good idea of how i can do this that also results into the email list paul that's what it's going to be for 
An email list? Oh, yes. Yeah, I I'm, remember you talking about that yesterday. I'm building an email list so I can send out, like, promos anytime that, like, cool stuff comes my way that, you know, different sports books or whatever offer me through Mayo Media Inc. Uh, that I can just kind of email you guys out there, too, and, like, exclusive content, that kind of stuff. Uh, and maybe if people join the email list, then they'll be put in a draw for one of the items of swag. That, that if you win, you can choose the item of swag of your choice, that kind of thing. But uh, they're all... You'd be, I mean, it shouldn't be surprising, like, how well-made and comfortable this stuff is, but it's fucking awesome. Hadwin Thompson or Lonely Kazaya? Hadwin. Where does Lashley rank out in the model? Not well. Scott's driver's been all over the place. I feel like the water could be a bigger issue. I feel that way, too, but, you know, gotta play someone, right? He's won here before. <laughs> Maybe it is a week that he can figure out. Westwood a good GPP play above 10K? Yeah, I think so. Are you using tea time variants in your weather as a strategy? I will be. I will be playing a few um, early, late, late, early. Not that I have a particular lean on which side is going to be easier, but just when you expect so much wind to be coming in, you might be able to get lucky for a pocket. And we just see it too often that one wave is going to play like two strokes easier than the other. So what if I'm going to play 20 lineups this week, I'll probably go five one way, five the other way, and then 10 mixed. Um, let's see. I will dump that into the chat right now. Here are the tea times if you're looking for them. Boom. That's in there right now. So if you want to take guys like super early in the morning, I'm just trying to see guys out really early on the course that I like. Tringali, Kraft, Jones, Hadwin, Fratelli, Warinsky, List. I guess Sabatini's out there. Shez Reeves out there. I guess a lot of the guys I like are just a part of this group. Uh, from the other side of the course, Percy, Scott, Neiman. It looks like I like the early late, just based on the guys that I've already picked this week. Lowry's out there early. Steele is out there as a part of the early wave. Uh, Russell Henley, Varner are both out there as well. Who's on the like the other side of this wave is just going to be completely unknown anyway. KH Lee, Chris Kirk, Berger, Keegan, Westwood, Sungjae, Mitchell, Ricky, Austin Cook, Kazire. That's all a part of the late wave. Norin is out in the late wave. As is Ryder, Duncan, Knox. If you wanted to play him, a good weather player. Furick. Matt Wallace is one of the latest. Matt Wallace is in a group with that Alan Morin guy. Jesus. Uh, Chase Kepka is out late. Straka is out late. Higgs is out late. So uh, there's definitely easy ways to build those sort of lineups. And like I said, it's all just a gamble to try to get lucky that one wave plays easier than the other. And then all of a sudden you can cash in on it. Like there's no rhyme or reason to it except for if it happens, you want to be there. You want to be there. Listen, you don't just stand behind trains uh, for no reason. Maybe someone's going to come out of the back of the train, just start throwing money off and you're the one who's standing there and you get all the money. And that's essentially the strategy behind divvying it up that way. When there's no very clear what like, path to saying oh it's very clearly am pm and i just don't see that with the way that the weather is shaking out maybe when i check back in later on wednesday evening it will bear that out but that is not what i'm seeing at the moment uh where are we at here favorite intercontinental champ of all time it's probably it's probably bret hart because that Bret Hart-British Bulldog match. Now, was that Mr. Perfect? See, now everything's out of my mind. The one at Wembley Stadium when British Bulldog won. Does Bret Hart beat Roddy Piper at WrestleMania 8, I want to say? When he ran up. Yeah, he was in the, Roddy Piper having the sleeper, and he ran up the ropes and bleep, went that way, and jumped back over and won the title. But I think the British Bulldog beat him at Wembley Stadium at SummerSlam later on that year in 1992. That was a great match. That was a nice run for the IC title. Was Wes Bryant highly rated coming out of the Corn Ferry Tour? I mean, he's a trick shot artist. I mean, I, it's funny because I don't know like what period of time that you're talking about. Are you talking about Wes Bryant like coming off the Corn Ferry Tour right now? Like when he went had to go back and play on the Corn Ferry Tour? Or are you talking about the first time when he came out when he was killing the Corn Ferry Tour and then eventually won at the Heritage in like 2016 or whatever the hell that was? For the first time in years, I'm going into the week with nobody bet. You've talked me into waiting on a live bet because it's so windy. Any specific books you've noticed that have better or slower live odds? I have. But this show is brought to you by DraftKings 
DraftKingsSportsBook.com and DraftKingsSportsBook.com. So I highly suggest you use DraftKings Sportsbook. Pat, I subbed in Fantasy National but forgot about the discount code. Andreas, what are you doing, pal? Is there any way to get it applied if I contact them? Yes. Just tell them that you want uh, code Mayo on that, and they will get you 20% off, all right? Uh, just DM them on Twitter or email them. Mike's sometimes slow to answer back to these, so give them a minute. I want I want to think Ricky can turn it around this week. What's the best way to give my head a shake? I mean, you might well give your fucking head a bash off this brick wall. Actually, it's not brick. It's just brick made to look like wood. And it's actually a lot farther away than I thought. Um, yeah, listen, Ricky, it, this is usually a time when you can look at it and say, out of all the guys above $8,500 this week on DraftKings, Ricky Fowler is the only one projected in the single digits, and he's projected below 5%. No one is playing this fucking guy because no one believes. I don't believe. So if you want to make a game theory play that, hey, Ricky can turn it around. Hey, he has the same haircut as Pat. Maybe that's good. I just don't see it. But listen, if you're a Ricky believer, like Feinberg, then you can do it. Any love for the glove? He's all right. Old Man Fierick, cheap and will guarantee you a cut make. Uh, Just like last week when he missed the cut? Yeah, thanks, though. Yeah, he's guaranteed to make the cut. He's fine play. Don't get me wrong, but guaranteed to make the cut. Give your fucking head a shake. Is C.T. Pan a good scrub play? Eh, probably not. Hey, Peter North here, adult film star from... The same hometown as Pat Mayo. I've already warned this guy about asking questions. So, what do you mean? He's got a few. Qu- he's got a few non-questions in the chat. I said that my band finger is itching. So, did he stop leaving stupid questions? He hasn't. He hasn't leave, left a stupid comment yet. Harry, but there's a few more of them. So, have a lookout for good-looking honky. All right. Well, I mean, Peter North, being from the same town as Pat Mayo, I can get behind Peter North. What's his nickname? It's not the faucet. Forget now. Harry Higgs is actually a dark horse. Watch. That's not a fucking question, you asshole. I know. I was the one who said you were just repeating things back to me that I've said. Thanks. What about some Schwartzel this week? I mean, just subscribe to Ben Ross's feed and he's just pro Schwartzel all the time. The around the green game is still really good. The guy can scramble. The guy can putt. This guy says Luke Donald. Uh, No for Luke Donald. Schwartzel is actually someone I can probably still get behind, but I don't love it. Pat, I don't want to ask, uh, but I think I need to. Thoughts on J.B. Holmes? I'm not there on J.B. Holmes. And this guy's also asking about J.B. Holmes? Just can't do it. What is Burger's status? Already been over that. Any thoughts on Furyk? Been over that. Are you back in the $200 single entry this week? <laughs> Look for Everyone enjoys. I have yet to win a cent in the $200 single entries. I'm down $1,200 because two weeks I actually played in the $100 and said, yeah, why not? Fuck it. I'm back in the $200. You got to remember to smash that like and uh, download the podcast so I can get those ad dollars to afford this. All right. It's just me charitably giving away my $200 every week. Dylan Fratelli, a good outright bet this week. What are Fratelli's odds? 66. He's not bad. I didn't take him, but I'm, I most definitely like him. I need books for my MPSC study. I can't buy books because I'm very poor. Someone help me, please. The fuck is this? You're getting banned for life. <laughs> S- fucking spam piece of shit. Any interest on Michael Thompson? No. Sorry I'm late. Early, late. We times are just focused on the early wave. I haven't seen any sort of definitive split. I've been over this. You can go rewind to the weather section or the, like, the 10-minute soliloquy I just did about five minutes ago on that one. Razor versus HBK Intercontinental title is my favorite match from WrestleMania 10, potentially the best WrestleMania of all time. The latter match is a very good match, but actually the Bret Hart-Owen Hart curtain jerker match of that WrestleMania was fucking incredible too. Very underrated match. The Sprinkler, Peter North. That's right. Not on this week, but I see Finau and Hovland for the Masters. That has to be a good bet. Yeah, Finau at 33 at the Masters. Good bet. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, during the live chat last week, you weren't high on Herman, Kazire, and Kirk. You were pretty high on Poston. All played well. Is it a coincidence? Are they all rate, or did they all rate out in your model? Um, no. I mean, Poston did at the corollary courses. I didn't like the other guys. Well, I, I, I didn't mind Kirk. It just Kirk rated out really well. Uh, I just thought he was going to be too popular. And eventually, it got back to you on that one after the disastrous Sunday. But... Uh, now, Poston did not rate out well. Herman did not rate out well. Kazire did not rate out well. Kirk really did. What makes PGA National different than other courses? 
than other jack courses like Muirfield. Place in the country, different grass types, the staggering amount of water around this course, uh, I would say. Pat Mayo, Scotland loves you. Paul McDonald, thank you for tuning in. Had Thomas at 20 last week. What do you think of Johnny Vegas at 70 to 1? I'd want him deeper, to tell you the truth. I know he plays well here, but you know, first, I'd just rather bet him first round leader uh, than outright win. And I think he's around 70 to 1 first round leader. Hell in a Cell 2, Jeff versus Higgs. Keegan or Gim? Let's go with the Gim Reaper. Was there anything pointing to Lowry's success last week, or was it out of nowhere? I didn't see it coming, but I wasn't really paying that close attention to Lowry uh, and what he was doing overseas, at least, uh, as the lead in form to that. Let's see. Shane Lowry, Sugar Shane. Uh, missed the cut at API, 48th at concession. He had lost strokes putting in two straight events. He had lost strokes on approach in three straight events. Um, let's see. How was Lowry? Mike Lowry. See, I'd bet on Mike Lowry. Familiar with Florida, too. But he's in the Miami-Dade area. I don't know if he's still there, although when I watched Bad Boys 3, he was. Let's see. Saudi, 29th. Dubai, 27th. Missed the cut in Abu Dhabi. So, like, no, there wasn't really anything pointing to Shane Lowry last week. He's had a good, He's a great player. Like, when great players have good weeks, it's sort of like Adam Scott this week. Like, would you be surprised if Adam Scott turned into Adam Scott for a week and all of a sudden he was just better than the rest of the jabronis in this field? No. Um, and I think that's why the value probably rests with him at this point. That's the way I see it. Back to the postman? Nah. Eh, maybe. Nah, no, nah. Do we? He was a lot, a lot of putting last week. Uh, although he did have a bogey-free round on Sunday. Do we run JT Posty Malone? <laughs> no, thanks. What are your th- thoughts on Brandon? Woo! Might use a little bit of Brandon Wu. Do you not pick Luke Donald because of his confidence as of late? You mean as of late, like the past fucking decade? The fuck's wrong with Luke Donald? Why does everyone want to play Luke Donald? Is this like the what? What is the Luke Donald Open? Uh, the Heritage. He doesn't even play well there anymore. No, he hasn't been. When's the last time he did anything good? It was actually at this tournament last year. He was 11. No, okay. I think that was the last time he actually played good golf. Luke Donald, since 11th at the Honda, has missed the cut in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 of his past 15 events, with no finish better than 40th. And that was at a crossover event in Bermuda last November. You'd be a course history fish. Just play some Luke Donald. Go, you know what? You want to play Luke Donald? Play Luke Donald. Go for it. Thoughts on Phil Mickelson, first round later? Uh, not for me. All right, that's it. We're out of questions. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Nice short show. Oh, do you think it will ever be a site that allows you to bet all the different odds from a handful of different books? That would be a one-stop shop. Now, I don't want to give too much away, but if you go to ftnbets.com right now, there is a free product up there called The Prop Shop. I don't know if it's available for golf. It's available for football. I'm actually trying to develop something like this myself. Uh, ftnbets.com. There's also a sweet like NCAA betting package uh, that's up there right now. Use code Mayo to get yourself 20% off on that. Uh, where's the prop shop? Prop shop. It's in the second header bar that's up there right now. Let's see. Uh, Neiman. Yeah, golf is up there. So, uh, yeah. So I will dump that in there right now. You can even just even go check out Joaquin Neiman. So if you're in the chat, go to ftnbets.com slash prop shop or just click on prop shop, completely free service. Type in the player that you want. And all of a sudden, um, you would see that you can find uh, the best shops out there. How about that? Interesting, huh? And we'll just give you the best numbers that are currently available. Johnny, question marks passed. Pat, are you coming to the 3M Open this year? I am not. Um, going to America at the moment, not the best play for uh, any Canadians out there. It's a two-week quarantine when we come back, so can't just give that up to go to Minneapolis. Although I do enjoy I, I go to Minneapolis way more. I've been to Minneapolis like three times in the past four years. I like it there. It's nice. On or off, Rory Sabatini. I'm neutral. I, I'm thinking about going on, but I haven't brought myself there. Who's your favorite bet for a top 10 finish? Like, out of anyone? Neiman. He's my favorite bet to win, so he'd probably be my favorite bet as a top five finish as well. Malnati at 6,900? Yeah, maybe. Gucci, Gim, Reaper, Gim. If it's windy, Luke Donald doesn't stand a chance. I mean, he might just not stand a chance to begin with. 
Hickok just WD'd. Well, it didn't just do it. I've already mentioned it on the show. Hey, Pat, from Mexico, do you like first-round winner coming from the morning or afternoon groups? I have no real lean on that as it looks pretty flat and straightforward at the moment. If something opens up, then we can maybe find that out. Thoughts on Nick Taylor? Irons heated up last week. I'd go look at the last time that the Irons heated up for Nick Taylor for consecutive rounds. However, he did play really well at the Sony this year because he fucked me on a head-to-head with, I want to say, Keith Mitchell, where they both shot the round of the day in round two. I had them head-to-head against each other for a push. It was really stupid. Hated that so much. Kevin Streelman, too popular for me. Minneapolis loves you, bro. Come back soon. Yeah, I mean, whenever I go and visit Moose, that's generally where I end up. And he brings me to Hazeltine, and Hazeltine's such a nice course. That's where Moose is a member at. And so, you know, a place where they play Ryder Cups and PGA Championships. You know, the Moose at his fancy country club. It's so fucking nice. It's such a nice course. Uh, anyway, I'm out of here. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. If you have any more questions, dump them in the comments section later on in the day. I'll get to them later on tonight. Until then, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Play in the DFS Open. Link in the description right now. We need to get that fucking filled. All right? We're giving money to charity. Don't want to make us look like assholes. Thank you for joining that. Uh, What else? Uh, The Euro Show is up for the Magical Kenya Open. Sky and Tom did that. They've been running hot with their top fives. And we're just hoping that Guido ends up winning this week. I think we're all on board with that. But that show is up on Mayo Media Network right now, as well as is Champions League for the slate later on today, if you want to get some DraftKings action in on that. And Garyan's new baseball show is out as well, Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets. You can find it in the description of this video. If you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your Twitter handle or email address, say something nice about the show, you're going to draw for 100 bucks. So that's just one way you can help support Mayo Media Network is by going to do things like that. That's why we're giving cash giveaways for it. All right, good luck at the Honda this week. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!